well, you kind of just, you kind of said it there, right? You're like, you said some of the parts that you hide about yourself, some of the reasons why you don't share your insecurities is that you don't want to be viewed as any different. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? Men don't want to be viewed as not a man. No. So I'm not going to tell you about my insecurities, right? But the insecurities where the triggers come from. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of this double-edged sword. Mm-hmm. It's like, I can't really tell you about my insecurities because then now I'm faced with this masculinity that I'm going to now show my cards. What's going on, Modern Masculinity family? Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I'm your co-host, CBK. And I'm your co-host, Anwar Ahmed. And we're bringing you another episode to help you redefine what it means to be a powerful man in the modern era. And today we have a really cool concept. We're going to talk about the wounded masculine. Something a little different today. We're excited. We're in it. But before we do that, you know what time it is. Mooch! Hey, yo, Coach Kyle, we're going to do it a little different today. Yo, why are you going to throw me for a loop, man? Do it a little different today. I don't know how your day is. I want you to give me one word to describe how you're feeling mentally, physically, and emotionally. You don't want to know about my day? No, I don't. No, <laughs> I don't want to know about your day. We're going to, we're going to do this mood check differently today. <laughs> okay. This okay, is the okay. mood check. This is the mood check for the day. Okay. Give me one word to describe yourself mentally, mentally, physically, physically. And emotionally. And emotionally. Okay. Go. Okay. Okay. All right. Mentally, I feel. <clears throat> wow. This is actually harder than I thought it'd be. Mentally, I am excited. Mm. Because we were just talking about Marvel. Physically, I am. Oh, I actually just answered this the other day. I'm feeling underutilized. Whoa. Underutilized. I said one word, but here we go. Under dash utilized. <laughs> <laughs> emotionally. Mm, tough. Emotionally is a tough one. Emotionally, I feel exhausted. Oh, good choice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Back at you. Back at you. Mentally, physically, emotionally. How's A squared feeling today? I think mentally, I feel energetic. I think I feel like mentally, I'm like very optimistic, fiery, feel like I got a lot of mental energy. Physically, the opposite. One word, please. Thank yeah, you. energetic you is the me word. Like six. Yeah, 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 energetic and then <laughs> subsections. Oh, God, I wish I knew um, it could go into subsections. No, no, no. I make the rules. <laughs> um, physically, was a long pause for y'all. Yeah. We're here. We're still here, just so y'all know. <laughs> Physically, I'm gonna go with exhausted. Actually, all right. Yeah, exhausted. Physically, I just don't feel there. Okay. Um, emotionally, I'd say emotionally, I feel very. Stable. Mm. Feel very. I feel very stable. But I liked your exhausted too, because I think. I didn't want to hijack your word, but exhausted from the perspective of just there's a lot going on emotionally mm-hmm. right now, you know, mm-hmm. and it's, um, it's, it's, it can be very tiring and very exhausting, but why I'm saying stable is that like, I've chosen to just like not engage. Mm-hmm. So I just like, I feel more stable now emotionally when I like disengage in it. Um, so stable is what I'll, I'll use mm. just to kind of change it up a little bit. Love that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I like that. That was a good little exercise. That was actually really challenging. Yeah. It's, yeah. I think it's kind of good for the conversation that we're about to have because it's like, you know, talking about the wounded masculine and, you know, when our egos feel bruised, you know what I mean? Like, you know, being a man, when you're like challenged with your, it's, you need to kind of be able to actually express what you're feeling. You know what I mean? Right. You need to actually be able to put words to feelings. Um, so I think that that was a cool exercise to kind of get us in that mindset of like, okay, things are happening to you. How do you feel about it? Mm. Um, and when we struggle, just just the exercise itself, the fact that we were struggling to figure out the word just shows that how little time we take to think about putting two things together. Mm-hmm. You know, like, how are you feeling physically? And we're like, I don't know about you, but I just want to be like, good. Yeah, I don't want to create any other words. It's like, but you're like, oh, think about one word. Like those long pauses just go to show you like how hard it is for us to connect those two dots other than like good and not good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's it, What I was actually struggling with was 
I don't know if it was the feeling necessarily, but it was the the word. Coming up with a word. It was a word. It was defining it by like a word. And I know we don't always have to do that, but in order to like communicate better and to share and to get more in tune, it usually requires some sort of naming of something. And so that was where I was lost. I was like, what is, I feel like I know what it is. I just, what the hell is the word I'm looking for? I, like it was hard. Um, and it's, it's a testament to what you just said. We don't do this enough. We don't check in on those three things. And so it's, it was a good practice. I feel good about it. We settle too. We don't find the right word. Mm. We just settle, you know, what, what about your day? Are you feeling good? Emotionally? About? I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> Mentally. I'm good. Yeah. And then it's just like, what? Okay. If you, you can be good. What, what about it is good? Yeah. Does, Cause then does it actually mean good or is it deflective? Yeah. I know that I've been challenged in the past. Like, tell me about this or this experience and I haven't felt like I've had the language. So then like you said, the, the, the ego showed up and it's deflected, right? Whenever I feel like I don't have the answer, sometimes I feel emasculated in a sense, my own story, but then I'm like, get this conversation out of here. I'm good. How are we really? No, really I'm good. You know, like just get, get out of here. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, I don't yeah, have yeah. the words, so I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't exactly. want to search like you and I just did, you know? And um, so I'm happy we just did that. That was good. Cool. Different, di- little, little different spin on it. Different spin on it. And for everybody listening, how are you doing mentally, physically, and emotionally? Sit with that for a second. Okay, today into the episode, we talked about um, our concept today is wounded masculine. Wounded masculine. So there's a lot of components in this. There's obviously not wounded masculine, right? The, the healthy masculinity. What does wounded masculine mean to you? What would that even mean? Like you you just came out of nowhere. Someone said your masculine is wounded. You just don't feel like a man. Mm. You don't feel like a masculine. You don't feel like whatever is going on is making you feel like less of a man. It might be something you've been told. It might be something that you're going through. It might be something that is not resonating with you. Um, but somehow, some way, your, your, your ego or your manhood is being challenged by the opposed, mm. the opposite expression. Um, and why I think it's an interesting conversation is not understanding that you're wounded, but your reaction to that. Mm. How do you react when you feel like your ego is being challenged or you feel like your masculinity is being challenged and where do you go? You know, that's where I think the conversation is interesting. And also just to kind of be aware of like that your ego is being challenged and you're reacting right now because your ego is being challenged Mm. and not because that's how you actually would react to the situation. If you were to take the, the ego out of it, could that, you know, result in a better solution for you? Mm. Um, so that's what I feel like the wound. And we also don't sometimes the cool thing is, is I don't think that sometimes people see masculine people as wounded. I like, I like, oh, I, interesting. I, I kind of like the putting the two words together. It's like we, the idea is that if you're masculine, you don't feel bruises, you don't, you push through, you're, you're tough, you know mm. what I mean? So it's kind of cool to even see those two words beside each other, like a wounded masculine, like, and how does that land? Is, are, are you cool with that? Are people cool with hearing those two words together? Or are they like, nah, you're not even a man. How could you be a wounded masculine? Like, what does that even mean? Mm. Uh, so I think that just the juxtaposition of it is actually interesting in itself too, but. It's interesting, I like that. Something that came up for me was, you know those, that photo, I feel like a lot of people have seen where it's a photo of, um, I think it's a wolf and the wolf has an arrow in its side and it's a small wolf, has one arrow in its side. But then when it's a, an adult wolf, it has like 50 arrows. You've seen that photo? No. It's kind of like a representation of um, your like strength building over time and that you're only going to be able to handle this so much at certain points. The reason I even correlated in this moment was I recognized that um, the regardless if it was the young one or the old wolf, they were both wounded in that moment. You know, like the young one had an arrow in it, so it was wounded, had a wound. Um, but we didn't call it that. You know, we probably called it, it was shot or it was whatever, right? Like we don't call them wounds that often, which I find is interesting with this is, you know, my masculinity or my masculine energy is wounded in that sense. It's like, which requires care and attention and focus where if it was, let's say like toxic, right? Does that mean it deserves care and attention and bandages and things like that? Um, where a wound is more like, okay, find the bandages, stop the bleeding, you know, mm-hmm. like, like care for this thing and allow it to process, allow it to grow. I hope that just made sense. Yeah. You're basically saying like, yeah, the, the, the toxic doesn't feel like you need to 
um, it feels like you almost push it away and let it die where the wound you want to attend to. Right. You want to help. Yeah, you want to help heal in a sense, right? That's what I like about this idea of wounded feminine or woman mas- wounded masculine is that it's just, it's, it's just a, it's a, let's call it a flesh wound or something, you know? Sometimes it's a little bit worse. It's a deeper wound, but you tend to it to allow it to heal on its own and you pay attention to it and you give it your time and your energy and uh, it's not something that you can deflect because it hurts, mm-hmm. you know, it's painful. And we often just say, we often say that talking about it makes you feel better, right? Like that's a, that's a narrative that's out there, right? Like if you, if you're wounded, if you're hurt, if you're like, you're going through stuff, talking about it makes you feel better. Mm-hmm. Well, the problem is that we don't talk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the problem is that we don't talk. So what do we get good at? We just get good at putting those bandages on and keeping it moving, keeping mm-hmm. it pushing. Right. And then it shows up in like, you know, some of these traits that they talk about here is like controlling, aggressive, avoidance, um, abusive, too competitive. They come out in these really ugly forms. And so that's where I think the conversation, why the conversation is interesting is when your ego gets challenged. Right. I even feel like when you hear it is like your ego is being challenged. If your response is to be aggressive, or your response is to be controlling or your response is to, you know, avoid well, now you know how you kind of deal with when life is your ego is getting challenged. You know, like how you respond. That awareness can now allow you to get power of how you want to respond. Mm-hmm. But it's figuring that out first. It's mm-hmm. figuring out that like you need to do some deeper thinking. You need to do some deeper healing to understand kind of what you're going through. And that first response that you're sending out is just a trigger for your ego being challenged but you got to get in tune with that feeling. You got to get in tune with that idea that, damn, I got to work through some stuff because the way I'm responding, the way I'm showing up is not representing me how I want to be represented. Mm. Um, I don't know about you, but were you more out of all these kind of, you know, some of the traits that we listed off here from this chart, did you deal with things specifically in one of those capacities? Did one stand out more than the other or were you like a, some of the, all of these at once or did you do... A, a couple of them at a time or mm-hmm. looking through the list um this is obviously just one specific space we have found there's obviously a lot more there are a lot of different ideas and concepts surrounding this because they are essentially just energies so you can kind of take them in a lot of context but to just reiterate what he was saying about some of the wounded masculine traits it's controlling uh, aggressive very withdrawing avoidant uh too competitive abusive and un- un- unstable so looking at this list, before I even get into it, something I actually wanted to say about what you were saying was that um, one thing I've tried to adopt in my own life because I recognize that it was causing problems is trying to become best friends with the concept of trigger. It, I found that when I was triggered, I would respond to things in the wrong ways because I didn't want to be triggered. Mm-hmm. I want to avoid any possible trigger because trigger doesn't feel good. Right. Right. And so what I'm trying to learn at some at all points is if I feel triggered, like actually be like, oh, that's actually fantastic. I'm happy I'm triggered, you know, kind of like in the um, the mental, physical, emotional, right? Emotional. I was like, I don't have an answer. Started to get triggered, started to feel less than a little bit really quickly. And then I'm like, oh, that's actually kind of cool. I like that. I'm feeling that way. Let's give a little bit more time to allow the trigger to really sit with me for a second. And then I can do something about it. But the flip side to that is a really abrasive response to this feeling we don't want to feel. And that's where a lot of these things come out. Um, so I don't, I, I want to just you, like, let's, let's, let me play devil's advocate there. Do we want to feel good about triggers that are not good? In what sense? Give me like an example. Like if I, if I feel like, so for example, like micro racism, if, if you said something that triggers me mm-hmm. now for me to think of that trigger as good when I feel like I should have never been triggered. Good in your response to it is what I meant. Like the way that you feel the trigger, right, is, okay, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. I'm not quite sure in this moment. I, think I get that, where you're going with it. I don't yeah. think it's in every, it's kind of the same way of like putting a positive spin on like adversity. You could put a negative spin on that. You could put a positive spin on that. Mm. It's a word that like how you attack it will change how you, the results that you Mm. get. If you see it, if you see adversity as something that's always holding you back and always in your way and all those things. But if you see adversity as if I get through it, Mm. it, 
what I'm looking for is on the other side of it, then every time you're faced with adversity, you like greet it with a different personality. You're like, mm-hmm. okay, no, I like adversity. Like, bring it my way. Like, right. I'll, I'm going to attack it differently. I think. So, I guess contextually speaking. Yeah, 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 yeah contextually yeah, yeah, speaking. Absolutely. Like, I think if you're triggered by something that's so, like, 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 for example, when you hold the door open for somebody and they don't say thank you, they just say nothing, they walk right through it. You're triggered. You did something good, but like, you're triggered. And it's like, in this moment, it's like, I don't need to lash out and be like, hey, I said something, you know what I mean? I don't need to, I can take that trigger and be like, I did it because I'm a good person. I held that door because I'm a good person, not because I was waiting for an expectation for a result. Right. Right. That's that's a good way of taking that trigger, right? Very good point. Because the trigger in that moment is teaching you something about yourself. That's why I like, that's the context that I was expressing it in, which I, I know you're what we're about to get to is that most oftentimes if I'm feeling triggered, it's because there's something insecure about myself that I need to address. That's why the trigger shows up. So in that moment, you brought up an example of experience. I know you know that where I open up a door, they don't say anything. I'm like, where's the mutual respect? And then it's like, but why do I need it from them? Why can't I just love being in service of them in that moment? Just hold the door and move on with my life. Why, why am I attaching so much to this? It's like, oh, well, maybe I don't feel validated in this or, you know, and then I can discover why I need to be validated in this. Why can't I just Or what expectation did I put on? What expectation am I putting on other people that's harming me? It has nothing to do with them at this point. That's where I was like really getting into the trigger of like becoming best friends with it is more of like the internal struggle that it it embraces in me. Um, Or reflect on it more, right? Like don't be so, it's like just sit with it a little bit longer. Like. Don't you don't need to view triggers as good or bad, but you need to sit with it and then come to a like, come to a conclusion mm. if it was bad or good. Mm. You know, um, if you open the it's like if the trigger comes in, sitting with it and understanding like, is this me or is it them? And then when you understand that, mm. okay, cool. So just not even what you I guess what you kind of did is you put made trigger a positive. I think it needs to just be more neutral. Mm, no, I don't, I don't know if it was a positive, but I think I'm still going to stick with the best friend aspect of it because I think that you argue with your best friend sometimes. And you have rebuttals with your best friends. It's not always a positive experience. And so for me, I don't want to get into this mindset where it's like it could be a bad trigger because it's still a trigger. So I still have to do something about it. I still have to address it, which is like a best friend. Best friend pisses you off, but you still got to address the best friend. Right. right? So that's kind of how I see it is, is I'm always going to call it a best friend because I don't want to fear it or pretend like it doesn't exist or avoid it. Um, maybe even maybe just friend. Maybe just friend is more appropriate now that I'm speaking anymore. Maybe just a friend. Um, kind of like, uh, you know, the darker sides of ourselves. We all have like a shadow. We have a dark side. It exists. The more we deflect that, the angrier it gets. But you become friends with the darkness and you're able to work with the darkness. That's kind of where I was going with that. Yeah, but I, I definitely am not here to put um, any any realm of toxic positivity in anything yeah no definitely not i think that your your triggers can teach you things so you need to kind of live with them a little bit right let them kind of let them breathe yeah like in different ways when certain things trigger you too it's like they're definitely it's like if you're triggered i think the most peaceful person like when i think of like a monk vibe i'm thinking of like you can't trigger me Mm. i am un like there is no trigger for my existence when you're like, if you're triggered by everything, you have a lot of things to work on. Mm. Everything is triggering you. That's why I think the amount of times you're triggered and stuff is is interesting. If you're triggered by a lot of things, every behavior triggers you, then there's probably some work to be done. Like, I think I, that's why I always can kind of see, like, I'm like, I picture my most monk state. I can't be triggered. There's no triggering You me. think monks don't get triggered? No, I'm thinking if I'm trying to be in my most monk state. Like mm-hmm. a monk obviously gets triggered. If you're a human being on this earth, you have okay. a trigger. Gotcha. Like that's what I was no going to address. Yeah, but yeah. if you're channeling your most Zen state of mind, it's like the most untriggered state of mind. Like mm. I'm not um, it's triggered way less. Or if it is, it's like a really tiny thing that you're in and out like real quick. Not because you're avoiding, because it's like oh, I'm, there it is. There, there it goes. And if I'm in my most Zen state, then even the trigger is like I see it in clear daylight. It's like you're not going to sneak up on me and mm. like you're not going to cause me to do something crazy. It's like, oh, I see you're trying to trigger me. Mm. I feel the trigger. Like you're so into it. I'm like in tune with what's going on. Almost like proactive with the trigger. Yeah, I'm like, oh, nice trigger. You, you, mm. you came for me, hey? Um, this is how I'm going to deal with it. Right. I think that when you're off the cuff, you're not in your most zen state. You're in a highly reactive state. You're highly triggered. Mm. Um, and I think the more 
reactive you are, the more triggered you are, it's probably pointing towards some of the wounded stuff that we're talking about. You're probably, your ego's being challenged. Mm -hmm. You don't like that. You know, your masculinity is being challenged. You don't like that. And therefore, unfortunately, it's most of the time we overcompensate. When I'm being challenged in one space, I overcompensate. I over, I go the other way. And unfortunately for men, the other way is not a good place to be mm -hmm. sometimes. Mm -hmm. Dangerous place to be because we have so much strength and so much power and so much ability to be dominant that if your ego gets challenged and your masculinity gets challenged and then you overcompensate, well, whew, we got a mess now. Um, so reining that in, understanding that, oh, wow, that challenged my ego and that's why I reacted that way. How, what work can I do with myself to make sure that that doesn't happen again? Mm -hmm. um, or I can be more aware of, even if it is going to happen again, I can just be more aware of the moment a little bit more clear of what happened mm. and address it with a different kind of a different human being, a different person, which is more in line with the result that I wanted and is more in line with who I want to be. Mm -hmm. So. so to get back to your question, because there's clearly haven't answered it yet. Um, as far as the wounded masculine goes, Looking at this list specifically, I think that the majority of the time any of these things have come up for me is almost always within an intimate relationship. So if I think about all of my intimate relationships looking back and I think about all of those spaces, I think that's when I've had the mirror really show up it, towards my masculinity every single time. And I've realized not in those, I didn't realize in the moment, but reflecting back on it, there were many pieces of me that were wounded, 100%. And so looking at this specifically, I will take, for example, um, aggressive. Let's start with that. For me specifically, I've shared this on here, but I'll share it again. In relationships, I didn't know how to control my emotion. My ego would get tripped. I would feel like less of a man. Therefore, I would go home and my walls would be filled with holes from my fists. That would be the wounded side of me. What, what, would, what would be the trigger? Do you remember? Do you recall like what type of things would trigger your ego? Uh, I think like it, what type of behavior would trigger your ego? For someone uh, that's listening, that might be like, damn, that's me too. I think that it probably would have been in that moment where you're trying to reflect and see if I can come to the, the certain situations. I'm I, trying to see if it would lead you to like a masculine trait. Because sometimes your ego is challenged, but it's not challenged in a masculine way. Do you know what I mean? Explain that. For example, your ego could be challenged if someone's making you feel dumb, but that's not a masculine trait. Fair. Okay, gotcha. So right? So your ego, trait. exactly. Your yeah. ego. I'm trying to see if the reaction of aggressiveness is actually coming because my ego is being challenged by masculinity, not because I'm smart or dumb. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm, like, because mm -hmm. then that that reaction might be a overcompensation of trying to overcompensate the thing that you just got wounded with or the thing that you just got mm. challenged with. Mm. Um, or you don't think, you know, you don't think I'm masculine. I'm going to punch these walls to overcompensate for this idea that I'm not. Mm. Might have confused you there, but, you know. No, I think I think if I think about well, taking the context aggression just as, a, as an entity on its own, aggression comes from usually anger. Right. Anger is an emotion. So I don't know how to deal with anger. Therefore, I will turn into aggression or it will turn into avoidance of some some level. I won't even acknowledge my anger. So it'll go one of the extremes. I, don't, I did never had an understanding of what the middle balance ground looked like. That's why I went to anger management classes when I was younger. Um, that's why I struggled with it growing up is I'd never understood the balance. So the triggers would have just been anything that tested me as a person. So it wasn't even... You know what? Let me let me let me retract on that for a second. The moments that brought me to punch holes in my walls was usually moments of frustration. So I'd be frustrated with something. If it meant something to me, I think is really where it would go sideways. As soon as it started to mean something to me, so like a relationship was in a tough time, we were having an argument. I would start to feel like I'm not doing a good enough job. I wasn't valuable enough. I wasn't worthy. We're probably going to break up. I don't know if I'm ready to handle that breakup. I'm now in all of the emotions. I'm not just in anger at this point. There's holes in the walls. Easy. All other situations would have been um, not getting my way. 
there was a multitude of things. Like, I think there's a huge range. I think that's probably why I'm struggling to, to decipher this is there was a big range for me. That would all lead you down the same path. That would have, yeah, inevitably lead me to aggressive. want to find a way to be aggressive because that's how I felt the emotion would be released, done with the quickest, and then I could move on with my life. It would be like, it just they're usually outbursts, right? Aggression's outbursts. Outburst, gone, you get it out, you feel better, you're done with it. And so that was in that sense, like I was young, so I'm not saying that's an excuse, but I definitely wasn't in my like most masculine space. What I recognize though, is that I was surrounded by a lot of feminine energy, not a lot of masculine energy. And if it was masculine energy, it was aggression. So I also was learning from the, the parts outside of myself where um, I, in other ways too, didn't feel like a man. So I could have also been in my wounded feminine. If I'm looking at this list here, part of that process um, is victim, right? Now I know obviously masculine can play that as well. So it's not necessarily that specific trait. However, I was probably playing the victim in those moments. And that added gasoline to the fire, added fuel to the fire that made my emotional response more abrasive and more outgoing and more physical than processing emotional and mental so there's a lot in that i picked a clearly i picked a good one um there was a lot that went into that growing up and now where i land with it what i've had to do with that is in order to heal i guess that wound right? or yeah like what's 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 lowered your aggression right what's like what's allowed you to like have a different outlet now um is... i think that what i always knew was that it was bad to be that way but it wasn't until I recognized that um, my wounded aspect of that, my wounded masculine, that aggression, was creating an unsafe space, which I did not realize as a kid. I didn't realize that if I do something on my own, that that would cause the person I'm with to feel unsafe. Right. I, that, that was made prevalent to me. I didn't hit you. I hit the wall. Right. So it doesn't, it's not you, but it's the context of my inability scary. exactly my inability to handle what's going on inside of me so um this is a really immature moment that i really don't want to share but um make sure the cameras are rolling oh my gosh <laughs> apparently we're gonna literally check he's actually checking the cameras for everybody that's listening um all right so we're in relationships right and on some level i don't know if it was just mine or what but Maybe, I don't know if you can relate. I don't know if, if, if Chris in the room can relate, but they want to pop the pimples on your back. Oh. Anybody else? No? Who no? wants to do that? Yes. Perfect. I'm glad there's a slight agreeance. The, my, my girlfriend. Oh, yeah. Okay, right. So and there's, maybe, just, there's just people in general that like to pop pimples. 100%. It doesn't to be your girlfriend. There's just people that I love just, that just, stuff. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. You're right. Absolutely, absolutely. So clearly I'm, I'm attracting these people who like to pop pimples. And... I don't know what it is about the process. This is going to sound like I'm a big old baby. But when I pop my own, I feel fine. I don't feel any pain. It's perfect. But when they pop it, it feels like the world is ending. And I don't know if anybody else, but it hurts so much more. And maybe because I don't know what they're doing. I'm not conscious of it. I'm waiting for them. Anyways, long story short. Back to sensitive place too, though. I hope you're really wrapping this into a nice little bow because right now oh, I just I'm have like a pimple back. <laughs> I got a girlfriend. Like the storyline right now, I'm struggling to piece it together. So Bring coming, coming into my wounded masculine, okay? Coming back full circle when wounded masculine. There was a specific moment I remember where I was sitting on the couch and it was pimple popping time. Didn't, <laughs> I didn't want it, okay? I didn't want it. I didn't want it to happen, but it was basically forced on me. So that was... In that moment, my immaturity was playing in my own head of like, what's the problem, bro? Relax. It happened. Whatever one they, they did really effing hurt. I didn't know what to do with that. I hit the table. I hit the table. Okay. Now, to most listening, they're like, that's not that big of a deal. But the, and to me. <laughs> but the problem is not that it can be perceived as, oh, well, whatever, you just hit the table. But I hit the table out of anger. Okay. I was frustrated. That in and of itself, to my right, I look over, shock. Like, almost horror. Like, why did, like, relax. And that, in that moment, the face that was shown to me was like, I just made this person feel like I could really hurt them. And that was when I think I really realized that my 
inability to process my emotion and always have it come out as anger is causing other people to not want to be in my presence to not want to be with me to look at me like i'm i am what i've been trying so hard my entire life to never be and it was just incredibly eye-opening now i know that went literally 17 different ways but that's that's essentially the understanding for me is that's what was really the biggest thing so then i had to just put in the time I had, to un- I had to really look at myself in any moment I was triggered. Again, this is the friend aspect of it. Feeling that trigger, look at it. Feel that, feeling that trigger, look at it. Over and over and over and over again. It was not slow. Um, it was not quick. And it came from just years and years and years of doing the same thing over and over again. And, and, and then I just, I just picture, while you were telling that story, I just picture the, the evolution of that, of being wanting to smack the table and stopping your hand before it hits the table. Mm. Cause you, you're waking up to the idea of what exactly. that sound is going to create in this room. Right. And so even though that emotion comes right from the gut, all the way up the arm, the arm goes up, it's about to come crashing down on the table, but there's that stop. That's where the mental control comes into play. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where I hear that story ascending to. And that is, mm-hmm. and getting to the point where like, if it does hurt, like whatever, you know, like what, what, what's this outburst that I felt I needed to do in that moment. However, now that I'm thinking about this, I think there was a lot more going on in my own mental that had to do with other things that that was the triggered moment. And that, that, that was the outcome of it all. Yeah. And that hurts, right? Like that you're actually going through a physical experience there. Like it's like, mm. You're, there's probably someone out there being like, hey, man, if, if something hits me and I get like scared and I get hit, how am I mm. supposed to control that? Like, I get that. But when people are coming at you face to face with words and you mm. feel like that emotion is coming all the way up, whew, it's a different mm. it's a different kind of thing. Right. It's you're not actually being challenged physically. Mm. You learned the lesson through a physical reaction. Mm-hmm. You know, you got a you got a pimple popped that led to an arm smacking that led to you seeing an expression on somebody's face that really it wasn't about the pimp, pimple popping at all. It was the hand hitting the table and the reaction that mm. clicked to you that, oh, every time I do this, this is, this is the outcome. Mm. Whether it's you said something to me that I didn't like or my ego was being challenged or my masculinity was being challenged or that this outburst leads to this fear in you, which is not what I want to create. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that we kind of learn that those lessons in different ways, right? I think that for my, like my aggression thing, one thing, one way I kind of learned it was, uh, in, in sports and just like going into a locker room and just like throwing a chair at a wall or like just being so mad at the way that the refs were playing the game and calling things and like getting out that aggression and, you know, you throw, you, you throw a chair at a locker and it makes a dent in the locker and you're sitting there and you feel good about it and then the adrenaline dies out and you're like, how did I throw that chair, bro? What the heck was that? You know what I mean? Like, well, and then you see yourself in hindsight 2020 and it's, sometimes it's, it's a moment where you catch a very, very outburst reaction of yourself and you're like, why did I do that? Or somebody says something to you in the street and you're like, your reaction right back is so quick, so triggered, so fast. You're like, why did I do that? You know? So it's, it's we all have these little moments. We have all these, but it's, it's don't allow that moment to go by without thinking about why you felt that way. Cause that is a reaction coming from you from something else. And it could lead you down this wounded thing that we're talking about. Could lead, could lead you to something bigger than what meets the surface. Um, and so, I mean, for me, it was more avoidance. So for me, if I ever, and I often find myself in this kind of, I guess, wounded mass and wounded ego area when I feel like what, what point I'm trying to make isn't being understood. Mm. Isn't, and so I think why my trigger is to avoid is like, I want to avoid to figure out a better way to explain it to you. Cause you clearly don't understand what I'm saying and I'm frustrated and we're like getting to a point where it's like, it looks like it's going to boil over. And so I'm like, I just want to shut it down. I'm like, nah, and I'm out. Mm. So, so like, you like, just for context, you avoid as in like just leaving the situation. Just exactly. Gone. Like that, that point where typically most people boil to, to where it's aggressive, mm. I boil to and I leave the room. Mm. Like that's like my, like my reaction isn't typically a physical reaction. It's more so like I'm just like, I'm out of here. And it's a complete shutdown. It's a complete, and I'm gone. And I, you can't deal with me. There's no talking to me. I'm not approachable. I don't look approachable. I'm like, 
it's very clear that there's something so that an environment that you were saying that's created unsafe i created my own version of an unsafe environment because no one can talk to me when i'm in that like mm, world so i created one that was unsafe physically and you created one that was unsafe maybe like emotionally or like mentally in a way and like you just i look unapproachable yeah i look like um yeah it's whatever not, it's not a safe space to have a conversation no no right. i just don't, i i basically look like the equivalent of like a like a like a I could verbally explode mm. versus like physically explode, but they both create the same uncomfortable space, mm-hmm. you know, and they both show that you have something to work on, you know? And for me, it's, that was kind of my, it's, so the avoidance word comes off the page for me where it's, that is where I go. Like I just shut down. I like don't want to speak to people. Um, I feel like when my ego is being challenged, I just kind of want to like, get away from everybody, get away from everything. And that doesn't, that feeling of wanting it to disappear, doesn't, doesn't go away easily, you know, because I think in some capacities, it's not viewed as, as bad if you like, they always say like even when you're a kid, right, they teach you, they're like, if you don't like what's going on, leave the situation. That's what they, like, you know, when you're younger, they're like, if someone is leave, go like, and then calm down and then come back and Mm -hmm. tell them how you feel. Like we're almost, and so, it's not seen as as bad, but it's still equally as problematic. If you walk away? If you, well, if you don't ever address it. Mm, okay. Right? Because the aggression one gets dealt with right away, right? It's like, it's like if you punch something, immediately someone is like, why'd you, they're yeah, on you. Yeah. But if you avoid it, it doesn't get the same kind of attention, even though you're creating the same uncomfortable environment. So what about the balance? I think that you bring up a good, a good concept is that in certain situations, relationally speaking, it doesn't seem like it's the right call to be like, I'm going to go for a walk and I'm going to come back and then we'll have this conversation because I can't figure this out right now. I think that th- that moment is like looked at as why are you leaving right now? Always. Don't you dare go anywhere. Call- talk to me right this second. But I don't know how to talk to you right now. I, I don't have the literacy. My emotions are all over the place. I'm struggling. I would like to talk to you about it. I just don't know. So then the reason I, I wanted to even bring that up is because you said when we're younger, we're taught, you know, go take a second, go take a breath and then come back. And I, I agree. I know we're taught that. But then we become adults and all of a sudden we're, we're told that's not okay anymore. I can't go for a walk and come back. Would, I, so from your perspective, I guess then, um, do you find that you go for a walk now and that's good? Have you run into situations where that's been a problem? I think that like it was the first time I got also got awake to conflict resolution styles, right? Like that's how I deal with conflict. Mm. My conflict resolution style is to hear the situation out. I want to find better words to explain what I'm doing. And I want to go cool off, come back and then explain, you know, what I thought or what I saw. Mm -hmm. What I realized is that sometimes people don't want to solve conflict how you want to solve conflict. They want to solve conflict how they want to solve conflict. Right. So I don't want you to leave because I don't like dealing with like that's not how i solve conflict i let's talk about it why can't you say what's going on mm. and it's 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 you have well to ex- yeah you have to accept other people's conflict resolution styles you right. know some people have to deal with conflict differently right and the better you can figure that out the quicker you can figure out how that person deals with it the better we can get back to solving the problem right oh, and not know, honoring that person it's it's the same as like love languages you love based on your own love language not theirs you run into problems same thing concept that that was actually really well said that struck that struck a chord in me uh thinking about that way conflict resolution it's no one handles it the same as you do even if it's similar still different mental processes still previous past traumas that are influencing the, the situation so allowing them to have that space that's why i even brought that up is because i feel like we're not as men specifically we're not given the opportunity to like say i need to go for a walk right now I feel like we're looked at as like we're incapable of handling hard situations. And again, this is a generalization. This isn't the, the black and white spectrum, but um, that's just that's just sometimes how I feel is that that's not OK. And that's how I would process. So I then it comes back to your equation is like, are they allowing me to process conflict in the way that I process conflict? And am I doing the same for them? Maybe I'm not. I don't know. And sometimes like sometimes I'm not even actually like the evolution of that is now I go for these, I'll go for a walk and calm down and cool down and come back to actually have the conversation. Right. When I was in the, the wounded state though, I'm just avoiding to avoid. I'm not coming back to solve the problem. I'm uh-huh. running. You're, you're not I'm, walking to come back. You're walking away. Yeah. yeah I'm done. Uh, okay. Yeah. And even yeah. if I did come back, the environment that's around me is like, this guy does not want to talk about this. Mm. Like it's, it's, 
you're just going to eventually, it's going to be breakfast and we're going to just have gotten past it. But it was never going to get addressed because mm. that's just like I'm running from the problem. Mm-hmm. And that's when I know I'm in a wounded state. Mm. That's when I know my ego is really tested is because I'm like avoiding the situation. I'm running. And, I, and when I come back, I just want the environment to be different, but we're not going to talk about what it was. And then I know I was triggered. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. you went to the avoided avoided. That means that you're not even trying to deal with the situation. You're mm-hmm. just trying to bury it. So then usually that gives me a click in of like, there's something I got to work on there. Like, what's, why, did it, why do I feel like I want to run? Like, mm-hmm. you know, and then I have to deal that, do that work, do that self-reflection, do that understanding. What was said that made me feel like I want to run and not talk or, not av- or I want to avoid the situation completely? Um, and those will lead me down this wounded stuff. Like, because um, we're talking, like, the reason why I think they're bringing up the wounded masculinity and wounded, like, we talked about conflict there. That's a problem, right? Like, if you run, come back, we should solve the issue that happened in the household. But when you feel like your masculinity has been targeted or your ego has been triggered that's a different we're not solving a problem here this is mm-hmm. you just are triggering me you know like you just said something that like triggered my whole perception of who i am as a person and now it's leading me down some of these other bad you know reactions right so um, specifically as a man as specifically as a man mm-hmm. you know um and that's why i think that like you know there's a lot to be said about some of these some of these qualities I think it leads into, you know, the idea of something that really just kind of came into our realm was the idea of precarious manhood. Um, for those that don't know, for us, we're still learning on the process. This was a newer term for us to understand. Um, precarious manhood is, is kind of the concept of, you know, not living up to the societal expectation or at least feeling like you're not living up to the societal expectation, which ends up leading into these wounded aspects like controlling and aggressive and what have you and oftentimes it comes from comparison of like what society creates as an idea of a man and it also has to do with like in this example if i feel like anwar you're more of a man than me i'm gonna feel less of a man for myself therefore i'm going to respond in a way that is not healthy in a sense because i feel like without you doing anything i feel emasculated which is not your challenge to deal with it's mine but I might even be lying to myself. I could, you could, it be, could be the opposite, but it's that like comparison, comparison theory and that being the thief of joy is generally around like the concept, I think, of what I've understood about precarious manhood. It's like the hashtag man up, you know, man up. And it, like, you, you, you kind of touched on something there. It's like this, there's this, there's this perception of a man that's looming over top of us, like mm. this idea of what a man is. And what we do sometimes is the person in front of you isn't even they're not triggering you your own concept of what you think is a man you're like wow this person aligns to that definition a lot better than i align with the definition and then boom you're triggered for no reason that person didn't show up being like hey i want to make this guy feel like less of a man he just showed up and happens to fit the damn description that you've been programmed to think is the one Mm -hmm. so then you just start going through the like the mental checklist of like okay well if this is the guy that they're saying is the man i better be more like him i better be more like him or i better be better or better, right? Because you can't be equal. God forbid. But uh, it's like they're not even showing up with that. They're just like they're just showing up. You know, yeah. they're just they're just being themselves. And you know that really is a sign of like your own insecurity more so than it is what's happening around you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why this 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 podcast and this journey is interesting. Is that it's helping you discover your own version of like what, so that there's less of that trigger. Like when that person comes in the room, like they're just living their life, right? if you feel more comfortable with who you are as a man, then that person will feel less intimidating to you or mm-hmm. less like they're the, they're the one and I'm not, mm-hmm. you know? Um, Absolutely. Insecurities are an interesting thing too. Like I think that insecurities are like super, they come from everywhere. They come from so many different places. You don't even know where they came from. Like you could, your, your, you know, your ex relationship could have left you with a lot of insecurities. Your, um, your childhood could have left you with a lot of insecurities. Um, and then they come up in these weird times, like these, what almost feels like not the right time, man. Like that wasn't the right time to show up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I think that like there's maybe you could, like, do you think that there is more of a, um, or at least there has been when we were younger, there was the insecurities was a little bit more like generalized towards women. Like women had insecurities. Like I did, did we even hear the rhetoric of like growing up? Yeah. Like men having insecurities, I don't think so. 
No, I think it's it was more made prevalent as an adult. Not it wasn't really growing up. However, I don't even know until I started doing the work did I even really still feel like that was something that was being labeled in my space. Like do we feel like do you feel like it's um something that you're comfortable saying like I have an insecurity about this? Now I do. But but in a traditional masculine man 4 years ago, no. No, I don't think so. You're um, not going to bring it up. You're not going to say No, I, I, I would have hit I would have hit this. it. I'm I'm sure there's still components of myself that I still do hide. Um out of fear of it being seen as insecurity because then I don't feel like I'm looked at as a whole person. And if I'm not a whole person, then I'm not a man. And then I won't be able to be with someone because I'm not that person. I'm not fitting the mold. So I would probably end up hiding some of that. I think that there are components of myself that I am fearful of, of being judged on, for sure. Um, things that I still work through. And I, to myself, I would say that that's an insecurity. If you ask me, um, there's a chance I might hide it. There's a chance. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I think that that's the that's the brutal honesty of it all. There are some things that you know, I think everyone hides at some point and keep it in the back as an insecurity because they don't want to be judged on it, and I don't want you to think different of me. I don't. I like that you see this, right? And I'll keep opening up because we have a different kind of friendship. But I like that you see this and the development of. So if I tell you something from a while ago that I don't really love and I'm insecure about, you might think differently of me. Now I'm all of a sudden fearful. Now I'm acting inauthentic. And that has the ability to show up. It's kind of like the McDonald's situation, right? We keep talking about it, keep bringing it up every week. Is like, I'm insecure about that. I don't like sharing that because I don't want you to look at me like, mm, he's not capable. Which is, mm, he's, which, he's not going to speak up, you know? Yeah. I fear that because I don't want to give that idea off that that's the kind of person I am because I don't believe that to be the kind of person I am. But what I often neglect in that process is the fact that that insecurity is going to allow me to grow. It's going to allow me to see that and be better next time, you know, even though I don't feel great about it. Um, the challenge is insecurities can really take you down a really deep, dark road, you know? Well, you kind of just, you kind of said it there, right? You're like, you said some of the parts that you hide about yourself, some of the reasons why you don't share your insecurities is that you don't want to be viewed as any different. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? Men don't want to be viewed as not a man. No. So I'm not going to tell you about my insecurities, right? But the insecurity is where the triggers come from. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of this double-edged sword. It's like, I can't really tell you about my insecurities because then now I'm faced with this masculinity that I'm going to now show my cards. And I'm not going to be, like, if I share this insecurity, I'm going to be less of a man. So frick that. Right. But all my triggers are coming from these insecurities, but I've buried those insecurities because I can't have them. Right. I can't share. I can't say that. I can't say I'm insecure about this because by definition, I shouldn't be insecure by this. By definition, exactly of what it means to be a man, the masculine stereotype, this idea that they're this perfect person, that they should have it all figured out, that they have every aspect of their life perfect, so then they're a man. There's this like unattainable, unachievable prospect. It's it's unfortunately it's unrealistic, and yet we still think it's realistic. We still strive to to become it. You know, it's wild to me. It feels like the only it feels like the only thing to aim for, really. Especially with everything that's going on now, I feel like it's just getting worse. I feel like it's harder to impress now. I feel like there's more you have to do. On top of what I already felt like you had to do. Coming back into the wounded masculine. (laughs) Um, One other aspect of it too I think is interesting is to consider the other side of the equation and how, um, so from my standpoint, the the feminine and the masculine are a lot less like female male and more of just just an energy just right. like a, a, an expression of energy and we both have them in all of us as humans whether you what well, doesn't matter what you identify with you have masculine energy you have feminine energy um another way that my friend actually gave it to me was really cool it was um um this kind of like the sun and moon right like masculine i think is the sun Feminine is the moon. I could get that wrong. Um, and then even yin and yang, right? They're, the relativity is necessary. So for us as men, we still have the ability to have wounded feminine. Just because we're men doesn't change anything. We still have the ability to have wounded feminine. And in wounded feminine, there's things like insecure, insecurity. There are things like needy, codependent, manipulative, inauthentic, over-emotional and victim. Even just reading off of that right now, I feel like there's actually a lot of men I know 
and including myself that actually have a wounded feminine, a wounded feminine energy. I think about my past with the aggression, right? I sometimes did that unconsciously to manipulate because I wasn't in tune with, with my feminine energy. Uh, inauthentic, I definitely have been on that road. It was only really the last couple of years where I felt like I got to, I, I don't feel like I'm putting up a front, but I don't really feel like I'm standing tall. I don't really feel like I'm, I'm in my own bowl of soup, you know? Like, I don't feel like I'm there. I feel like I'm in somebody else's bowl of soup. Don't ask me why I brought up bowls of soup. But um, do you feel like these, any of these resonate with you? Have, do you feel like this is spaces you've been in where maybe that those required healing as well? Insecurity, needy, codependent, manipulative, inauthentic, over-emotional, and victim. You know what I do think? I think that when you when you feel some of the like the the wounded feminine you don't address it because you think it's like the feminine way of being wounded right you know what i'm saying right because then it would be like oh you're not as much of a man so you might be feeling insecure right. and that word to you actually rings true when you like feel you're like oh i'm I'm insecure right now, mm -hmm. but you're not going to bring it up because that's in the feminine energy. So it's, it's completely contradictory to what I'm trying to become. I'm trying to be masculine. Right. Right. Victim. It's very, it's very, un, it's very unrare that you see a man in a playing a victim role because it doesn't, it doesn't look, it doesn't fit the aesthetic. Mm. The, like the victim mentality is typically played from the female perspective. So if you're acting as the victim in the situation and you're a man, but you actually felt like you were the victim, you'd get second guessed. You'd be like, why are you playing the victim role in this situation? Hmm. Why are you taking the victim mentality? Because you're not, you're a man. You're not supposed to, you're not supposed to play a victim. Right. You're supposed to be strong. Yeah. You're supposed to not show weakness. And if, even if you feel it in your mind, it doesn't matter. And you're supposed to be abrasive. You're supposed to be calloused. Those are like your expectations. And so you're right. Being a victim in that space wouldn't make sense. Or codependent. Say, you say, you're, say you're feeling codependent or say you're feeling any of those, like you might not express it because you're like oh no mm -hmm. it's in the wrong camp i'm not allowed to mm -hmm. but there is some weird like a wounded masculine man being aggressive the world sees that as like the right way to express like mm -hmm. they're like oh he's hurt he's a man he's a man he's hurt look at him show it that way you know where another man could be insecure and that's his way of being wounded and it's not seen as like it's seen as like he's like oh i'm not gonna i can't say that i'm insecure right now mm -mm. Cause it's not going to resonate. I, I'm better off punching this wall mm -hmm. to get my point across. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Cause they'll, they'll know that, Oh, I'm hurt. I'm angry about something. Cause if I come up to you and I'm just like, you're going to question my masculinity and God forbid I get my masculinity questioned. Nah, that's not, I'm not doing that. Mm -hmm. so. mm -hmm. You mentioned something that I want to quickly just get, get done and passed with, um, is, uh, that, the, the female is more likely to play the victim. Um, I just want to make sure people don't hear that wrong. That's definitely not what you meant. Um, it was just more of that the feminine energy has been naturally attested to women. And so it's not to say that they're playing the victim. It's just the feminine energy in and of itself, just the energy, not a woman. The energy in itself is a wounded feminine energy. It's not a wounded masculine energy. Um, so I just wanted to make sure that that was clear through the process. So no one right, yeah. was in that space. Um, but for me in the wounded feminine, you know, as an example, like you said, the codependent and the needy and stuff like that. Um, again, these are just energies. They're not distinctive of a specific gender. Um, I know that there's times in my life where I've been codependent and anything, you know what? Let me, let me circle all of this for a second, both sides of the equation, the feminine and the masculine. If I'm ever in that state and I'm wounded, I feel I'm in the wounded state of it all. When we were talking about aggression earlier, and I realized something clicked for me. Something really clicked for me. And I don't know if you noticed, but I was, I still am feeling the effects of it. Cause I didn't realize in the moment that some of the reasons why I was in these spaces, probably all of them, when I hit that table, for example, I was going through so much more inner pain that I just didn't know about. And that expression was me trying to figure out what the hell to do with all of that pain. So in order to deal with my pain, I felt like pain needed to be caused. So when I punch a wall, I feel like I'm causing pain or I'm experiencing pain. And therefore the rebuttal is I need to hurt myself to remedy that. And the reason that this is hitting home for me so much is because 
well, I didn't really realize it, but everything that we're talking about right now is an attribute to some sort of pain. All of it. Controlling, aggressive, withdrawing. All we're trying to do is deal with the current level of pain we have going on inside. When you withdraw and you walk away, you're in a sense, you're in some level of emotional, mental pain. And we don't know what to do with that. And pain is a weakness as a man. Pain is a weakness. You're not supposed to have weakness. So you got to figure out what the hell to do with that. And for me, it was the majority of those. I also withdrew. I also avoided. Um, unstable is a great way of putting things. Uh, too competitive. That one didn't land, but definitely controlling and aggressive. All of that was my version, my, my ability to handle the pain that I was in. And so that's what I wanted to just kind of, I guess, circle around is the majority of the times we end up being wounded um, is it's an expression of like some deeper pain and that might just come out and look like a flesh wound. Um, it might appear as a flesh wound, but it's really like an internal wound. It's like, um, it's like a stab to the heart or a stab to whatever is inside that would actually really hurt. That's, I don't know where I was going with that, but that's, I'm, I'm currently sitting in that pool of like, holy shit, you were in more than you thought. You need to go address that. Yeah, they, it's, it's, it's easy to take the, the trigger and see that as the problem when sometimes the trigger is actually really provoking something way deeper, mm -hmm. but we only ever assess the trigger. Yeah, the trigger in that moment was, I was pimple was being popped on my back. It was painful. Right. But it was that ignition of like whatever pain was going on that my inner pain was like screaming at that point. Then um, I got a reason. It found a little opening. It found a found an opportunity to arise, to be expressed finally, to be shown, to be looked can, at. Can just on a Tuesday smack a table. That's just, <laughs> that's just doesn't make any sense. Right. Right. But if the event now presents itself. Exactly. That's why they call it boiling points. Right. Like when people like they hold, 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 hold and get to a boiling point. Well, sometimes the straw that broke the camel's back was nothing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that was like, that shouldn't have gotten that reaction, but that reaction is brewing mm -hmm. inside. Right. And so I think that is very well put. Mm. So to bring it all full circle to, to, to bring and wrap around the, the wounded masculine space, it's obviously a difficult position to be in, but from your standpoint, what is a way that, we can support ourselves and others with this concept of wounded masculine and developing more into, um, for lack of better wording, well-rounded men or um, healthy versions of both sides of the equation, feminine and masculine energies. Or maybe what have you done that's gotten you to the position where you feel pretty comfortable in these spaces and you don't feel so wounded? Being very reflective of my behavior. Mm. Reflective, how? What do you do? Like to me, being reflective is just, you know, I, I really try to think of things that um, throw me off balance. You know, whether that be mental, whether that be physical, whether that be towards my ego, masculine, like if I feel off balance and I got to find center, I don't just like quickly try to run to center. It's well, how did I get off balance in the first place? What happened? Mm. You know? You, you, we use words like triggers today. We use words like insecurities today. Um, there is, um, we, you as an individual, you know a lot more about yourself than you think, right? Because we have feelings, right? And sometimes you might not understand why you are feeling a certain way, but that's the beginning mm. of the quest. That's the beginning of the understanding, you know, when you are feeling a positive emotion or you're feeling a negative emotion the feeling of life actually leads you down important questions that ultimately leave you to better answers. And so for me, the reflective and being reflective and always thinking about life and kind of its um, totality and like as a body, all I know is that I can feel something. Once you know you can feel something, the environment will dictate what you feel and what you don't feel. And it's your responsibility to do the work when that feeling comes up. When sadness comes up, there's work to be done. When anger comes up, there's work to be done. When happiness comes up, there's work to be done, right? All these emotions, they're just things that happen in your body that are actually gonna lead you to an answer of something. And so when 
you are in a state of super aggressive behavior or you are in a state of super avoiding behavior, those are good moments to stop and think. Those are great moments to take pauses. And I think that for me, those are just, that's been what I've done is when those moments come up for me, I try to take pauses and I try to think about how does that align with the future version of myself that I'm trying to create. If anger is something that I see in my future, then I might not deal with it in, in, a, in a manner. But if anger isn't something I see for myself, then now I got to deal with this reaction mm. in a better way because I got to now turn this negative into a positive. I got to turn this um, this 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 trigger, this experience into something that I want you know, I don't even like that I use negative and positive there. It's just I want it to reflect what I want me to be in the future or who I want to be next time. That is why I think that just stopping reflecting um, because you're never there's going to be times in your like I'm going to tell you right now, you're not perfect. You're not. You can no. be mentally prepared for as much as you want. Something might happen. Something will. Something will, will. happen. Because you're not prepared for the future conversations that you're going to have. You're not prepared for the level of emotions that it's, 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 it's cute to think that like right now in your life, you can control a lot of your, but who knows? Who do you meet in two years? Who's going to say something that's going to provoke something from 10 years ago? You have no idea. But what you can guarantee is that when those moments happen, that you're going to, all I would want from my partner is to know that, Hey, I'm going to be, I'm going to make mistakes. But allow me to make the mistake and trust that I will do the work to make sure that that doesn't happen again. Mm -hmm. That's all I ever want from a companion or from a friend is not that I'm never going to say something out of turn or I'm never going to get upset or mad or avoid or mm. withdraw. Like, no, it's probably going to happen. But trust that like my goal is to get back to a place of understanding mm -hmm. and I'm going to reflect and I'm going to do the work. There's nothing worse than knowing you're looking at someone who had an aggressive moment, had an outburst and they have no desire to want to like make sure that the outburst doesn't happen next time that they like, they're like, okay with the outburst being an outburst. And like next time I'm going to have an outburst again, mm -hmm. there is no progression here. Like I'm not, I didn't reflect on why the outburst happened. I'm just, that was my response. Don't do that again or else I'm going to respond again the same way. That's the, I feel like that's the worst person to be looking at is someone who's like not reflecting on the experience that's happening. But as long as you're wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly being like, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have times where I'm not proud of how I reacted or dealt with that situation, but know that the person on the other side is going to be, is going to learn from that mistake. And we'll, we'll enter the uncomfortable world of dealing with that. I love that. I appreciate you sharing. I'm, I'm just grabbing a quote that I saw from the, the account Young, Young Pueblo. Young Pueblo. It's, very, it's like a written word account, but it falls in line with exactly what you were saying. And it says, it is not about finding a partner who has flawless emotional maturity. It is about finding someone who can match your level of commitment, not just to the relationship, but commitment to heal themselves so they can love better, see more clearly, and have more presence. I feel like that wraps exactly what you were saying in and that with a nice little beautiful bow. Oh, that's incredible. That's great. Um, as from, from my standpoint, um, from my experience in all of this is, um, if I had one thing to kind of share from my experience is the work is not what they make seem to be the work. The work is not your job. The work is not your routine. The work is not waking up. How do I get before I am? The work is not, how do I mean we're productive today? The, that's not the work. That is, a, that is just your routines. The work is you. The work is, is on you. That's the work. Looking at your insecurities, looking at your trauma, looking at your childhood, looking at all the things that you did in the past. And not to say that you need to be in a constant reflective zone, right? That's not what you were saying either. It's just knowing that the, the reflective moments in all of your entire history, if you can come to see them in a different light, that's only going to make who you are today better. That's the work, right? The, the displacement of work onto career and work onto success is just, for me, is, is a lost definition now. It does no longer exist there. There's a book that I'm going to suggest that I haven't read, so I can't say it's beautiful, but I, but I know it's going to be because it's on the way. Um, and it's literally called How to Do the Work. And it's by the famous account, The Holistic Psychologist, one of the most amazing accounts I've ever ever seen. 
just from her posts. If you go to her page and look through her posts, one will force you to do the work. Just one. That's it. Then you can choose to go more. But the book that's coming out is really powerful. And um, to finish with, the work is not reserved for women. The work is reserved for humans. All humans should be doing the work. And so for me, I'm really passionate about supporting people in the work. The work is, a, is on being a human being, not being a great CEO. It's not the work. <laughs> the work is human. It's human work. So to finish up today's episode, leading into next week's episode, we're coming back with a PQ for you. What effect does your career have on your mental health as a man and what are some of the pressures you feel in order to fulfill that role it's a really powerful question really powerful conversation it's going to be an incredible talk next week so we're excited join us next week and we'll have that conversation thank you for joining us on another episode of the modern masculinity podcast if you haven't yet please download subscribe leave a review but most importantly If you took any value out of this episode or you enjoyed this episode, please post and share with your close family and friends. You can follow us at our online IG account, which is at Modern Masculinity. Make sure the C is a K. Remember, we're trying to represent the mask that men wear. So at Modern Masculinity Podcast. You can also follow us on our private socials. Mine is at Coach Kyle Rushton. And mine is Anwar Ahmed 4. And uh, any kind of post share that you do helps us kind of build this community one listener at a time. So we appreciate um, all your efforts. And remember, we're here with you. We are standing tall beside you in this arena of misunderstood masculinity. Until next time, peace.